A nine-point week sees Atlanta United rise all the way to fifth in the Eastern Conference, but they did look a little leggy at the end of that game against Orlando. What kind of side will Frank DeBoer put out against Vancouver? Find out next. What's going on, Five Star Fam? I'm AJ, this is Tanner McLeod. And wherever it is you get your pods, subscribe, share, and leave us a good rating. You can now also find all our content on the Genico USA platform anywhere in the world on Amazon Fire TV, Roku, iOS, Google Play, and many other streaming platforms. Welcome to a match preview special. We'll have the Orlando City match review later on this week on Five Stripe Weekly. But first up is the Vancouver Whitecaps match on Wednesday. And yeah, I mean, BC Place, 10 p.m. It's gonna be another late one. And yeah, the cross-country travel that the team has to do. This next week is stupid. Yeah, this is just absolutely ridiculous. So if, if you didn't know, they have to go all the way out to Vancouver, which is what we're about to break down now. But then they have to come back to play Red Bulls, only to go back across the country and play in Salt Lake City against Real Salt Lake in a week. That's smart, MLS, thanks. <laughs> But first up is that task against the Vancouver Whitecaps, mm -hmm. a team that we have split both games with in the first two seasons in the first three meetings. Took a bit of a pasting first year round up in yeah. Vancouver, a 3-1 defeat. Where but, Greg Garza had that uh, sweet goal on the back post, yep. did the, uh, you know, Ronaldo uh, celebration, and then we and just, then we know, got housed. Yeah, we got shipped three, uh, we shipped three goals. That right? being said, we returned the favor with yes. the 4-1 pasting last season that saw Kendall Waston see red. We all enjoyed that one because he was very confused at the time. Yeah. Which he was, was clapping. Uh, I think Jeff Lorenowitz, I think. Yeah, he time. thought someone else got sent off and was like, nah, nah, yeah. fam, it, it's you, you, you gone. Yeah. But, but right now, getting into this one, Atlanta United comes into this on very good form. Four wins in a row, five out of six, and four clean sheets to boot. Things are going pretty well for the five stripes right now. Right. But uh, for Vancouver Whitecaps, uh, yeah, not as bad, actually, uh, as we think they might be in, in, you know, in terms of where they are in the standings. But uh, they have two wins in their... Uh, Last, yeah, I mean, four, which is not bad. I mean, you know, so they've risen up in the standings after kind of a, a pretty, you know, uh, iffy start, just like ours in the beginning. Of the Those two wins, one was a 3-2 win over a 10-man Colorado Rapids, and the other was a 1-0 against Portland Timbers, who, as of yet, I think still are kind of stuttering a bit themselves mm -hmm. this season. Still a nice win for them, don't get me wrong, but it's not as if they've been thoroughly convincing. And right. that 3-2 win against Colorado was definitely more of an aberration rather than the norm because this team struggles to score goals. Mm -hmm. Where have we heard that before? I know. Hmm. But uh, yeah, so you know, in terms of this, uh, you know, they're a team that, uh, which is really, really uh, interesting to see, like on uh, who scored anyway. Uh, you know, you kind of look at them and it says. Have, they have no significant strengths. Yeah. So things Toronto's. <laughs> I mean, things uh, Vancouver's good at. Nothing. Nothing much to note of. Uh, but. You know, in terms of their weaknesses, they have quite a bit of things, and uh, so that's very interesting. I mean, you know, I think they are still uh, a team that, uh, you know, plays big and tall and, you know, maybe tries to go Route 1, uh, which, um, you know, it, it's not dissimilar to what we're used to playing, uh, especially on the road, but I think, uh, you know, without a Kendall Watson, it kind of makes them a little less dangerous, maybe, in that regard. But uh, they still have some guys that are, uh, you know, some danger men. But I think, uh, you know, in terms of uh, some more weaknesses that they have, I mean, you know, some of those, you know, uh, defending the set pieces is something that, uh, you know, if 
we have a PT in the game, you know, we have Miles, we have uh, an LGP, we have a Jeff Lorenowitz, you know, one of these days, some of these set pieces are gonna come off, right? Absolutely, I mean, it's <laughs> like, if there was a match where you could maybe get something done on a set piece, this yeah. could be the one. Mm -hmm. I mean, when was the last time Atlanta United scored directly off a set piece? Yeah. Pities had that free kick uh, or two games ago, they got hit, mm -hmm. the keeper saved it, and then it got crossed back in, but that's yeah. not directly off of it. When was the last time the most Atlanta memorable United scored one, off of a corner? Well, yeah, you know, the most memorable set piece one was still, from the MLS Cup, mm -hmm. where yeah, you know, you had Gressel and Miggy over it, and then you know, flicked uh, on ball, and then Escobar, exactly. You know, but aside from that, this team isn't yeah. renowned for being a strong set piece team. The mm -hmm. one thing though that Vancouver struggles with that I look at is avoiding individual errors, and this is something that has led to a yeah. lot of goals that they've conceded so far this year. Is that when some of their defenders are put under pressure, they do fail to cope with that sometimes. So the likes of a Tito Vijalba, a PT Martinez who was on form, even perhaps a Justin Miriam. Joseph Martinez, if they put this team under pressure, they will have the chance to score goals. And as we've seen with Atlanta United, they've been creating opportunities. Mm -hmm. They've been creating chances. They just haven't been able to put them away. Right. You're going on the road. They Again, they've won two in a row, so they're going to want to come out and get a result. So hopefully, Vancouver will play a bit more open. And if they do that, that'll play right into Atlanta United's hands. Right. Uh, and so also, I mean, it's uh, something that they tend to do is they rotate their starting 11 a lot. So it might be really just, you know, up in the air who actually is going to start on this Wednesday uh, as much as we may, might, may, might uh, rotate this match. They might as well. And who knows if they're going to uh, do almost even a line change or like, you know, two or three in each line. I mean, who knows? But uh, I think predicting the starting 11s for this match is going to be very difficult yeah. because with all these you know, midweek fixtures happening this month. Teams mm -hmm. have to rotate. Teams have to take care of their squads. Mm -hmm. Normally, if if they didn't have to rotate, I would be a lot more concerned about this match because I believe Atlanta United will, and mm -hmm. they already have said that they will rest a few players, and some players will not make the trip. Mm -hmm. But we'll get into that. Yeah, we'll get into that in, in our in our, um, the injury report. But I think what's interesting is that Atlanta United has the better players. They have more talent. Mm -hmm. They should take care of business here. But again. Can they continue to keep clean sheets? And can they start taking those chances mm -hmm. when they have the opportunities? And yeah. that's been the one criticism you could say mm -hmm. of this four-match win streak is mm -hmm. that aside from SKC, where you had some great finishes from Barco and Martinez, yeah. this team lets chances go begging. And if you yeah. do that on the road, you might get punished for it. Exactly. I mean, we've played 10 matches uh, in MLS, and we've scored 12. I mean, that's uh, not a spectacular uh, return. And so, yeah, it's something that we absolutely need to get better at. This is a team that is susceptible to a team that can really create a lot of chances. Lately, we've been doing that, and uh, it's definitely been more entertaining, but it's you know high time now to really uh, see these players hit the back of the net, especially against maybe another rotated side and maybe not as much for us. Uh, especially if a Joseph starts, then you know I fancy him versus a rotated side. So that's but for sure. One of the interesting things about goals in this match is that there's been under two and a half goals scored in ten of Atlanta's last twelve games, and there's been under two and a half goals scored in each of Vancouver's last five home games. So the stats would say that there's not going to be a lot of goals in this match. So right. the team that can get them or can get one mm -hmm. might put themselves in pole position to get three points. Exactly. And yeah, it's super imperative for Atlanta to score first. And, you know, as we've said before, and as, you know, uh, football tends to say, if you score first, you 
kind of have the uh, the general uh, way of probably winning the match. And I think but, this is more one of those matches, yes. more so than others, where a goal might be enough to see you live, right. take all three points away from this Right, match. especially, you know, with the, the jaded factor that uh, it's kind of Both sides really, are going to be, yeah. you know, having to deal with. Mm -hmm. So uh, some players to watch for Vancouver Whitecaps. You, of course, have Freddie Montero, uh, 31 years old now. Three goals, one assist so far in 10 appearances. And he scored in two consecutive matches, like you've said. Uh, but you know, you you have kind of an you know another thing where, you know, where are the other creation uh, you know points going to come from? It's it's really you know you have guys with one assist here and there. They just well, their second leading scorer is Daniel Henry, who's yeah. a central defender, and he has two goals. Right. And he's like <laughs> strong in the air, and that's pretty much his MMO. And I mean, right. aside from that. Ali Adnan at left back, but he's got a rick in him as well. He's had errors that have led to goals so far this season. He can contribute both ways, and he's good at reading the game out. But again, he is liable to make a mistake. There's not a lot of attacking quality in this team. And I mean, to not to, you know, be negative on him or anything, this was a team Breck Shea was starting for last season. So it's not necessarily that they've been strong. And he was one of their key players to a degree in terms of going forward. So this team has lost players. They've lost to Kendall Waston, who's mm -hmm. gone to Cincinnati, and they haven't really reloaded a lot. So they're mm -hmm. not a team that screams at you, dangerous opponent. Mm -hmm. But because of that, that might be why this is a difficult match for Atlanta United. Because right. in MLS, that you can easily see teams beating teams yeah. where it makes no sense this whatsoever. Is, this is a trap game. Uh, if there was a definition, this is a trap game. After Orlando and before Red Bulls. Yeah. Uh, and so you know you you have the expectation of okay we're on a four match winning streak uh, you know it's yeah you know it's something that you you definitely need to uh, really be weary of and also you know looking at their injury report uh, you know you have guys like a Jordi Reyna uh, who's a guy who is a forward that uh, historically has been one of their better players uh, out for them as well so the their tendency to sit back. This might be even just epic levels of uh, possession, epic levels of uh, low block, uh, slashing the tires, just absolutely parking that bus right in front of uh, you know that box or in the box even. But um, yeah, and in terms of Atlanta United, our injuries and suspensions and whatnot, uh, well, we don't have any suspensions recently. But uh, yeah, we have uh, George Bella, of course, out long term. Kevin Kratz has returned to training, but uh, I think it has been said that he will probably be getting back to uh, you know the actual fitness in about a couple of weeks. That, that's according to Felipe Cardenas of The Athletic. Uh, and Nagby and Parkey are going to be rested and will not make the trip. Uh, and they haven't, you know, on the social medias, they definitely have been shown where they're not there. So that uh, makes it for a very interesting uh, you know, prospects for this match. So the keys to this game, what do you think they're gonna be? For me, I think it's, can Atlanta United continue to build off the positive momentum they've had going forward and turn those chances that they've created into goals? If they can take those chances and turn them into goals, they will beat Vancouver Whitecaps. It's yeah. as simple as that. They are a better team, they just have to be clinical. And if they can get two goals, I see no way that Vancouver Whitecaps manages to get any sort of result from this game mm -hmm. because Atlanta have been so good defensively. Mm -hmm. And by getting those goals, if you can be in control, it allows you to rotate some more and bring some players in and allow us to get those substitutes on earlier into the match if mm -hmm. you have that two goal advantage, yeah. which then makes your team even more fresh mm -hmm. for 
Red Bulls match this weekend. Yeah, and I think that's what's going to be really, really difficult, though, is how are we going to cope with that cross-country travel? And, uh, you know, how much rotation is going to be necessary. And I think that plays right into what our predicted starting 11 is going to be. And uh, I think, uh, you know, let's uh, kind of go through line by line and uh, let's see if we agree. But, um, yeah, of course, Guzan, who had uh, a hell of a match saving uh goals in this uh, previous match. Against Orlando, but yeah, he was but, definitely a bit susceptible yeah. on the ball. Yeah, exactly. He was... Uh, some questionable decisions. Very, very, uh, yeah, it made me very weary of The uh, one, like, save where he threw it back in after the back header, and it was like, bro, what are you doing? Yeah, it, it almost cost us a couple of times, but yes, of course, Guzan is still between the sticks. Uh, just kind of limit those errors, please. But uh, because against a more clinical team, this is not the clinical team that would do it. But Absolutely. you never know. In uh -huh. terms of defense, I think mm -hmm. you and I pretty much agree all the way across on this. Mm -hmm. We have Escobar at right back, Robinson, LGP, and Brett Shea. Mm -hmm. I think in terms of changes you can see there, Shea obviously will start at left back because mm -hmm. you have Parkhurst being rested. I think the interesting part there would be whether or not you see Pogba step. Yeah, exactly. I think there's a lot of people pining for a Florentine Pogba, and I think... Uh, it still might be too early. I don't think he's, you know, having played a lot of Atlanta United 2 matches even, where he plays a full 90, and uh, it's just a matter of it really needing to be, um, you know, meaningful minutes. And this could be that match, but I mean, with a four, you know, straight win kind of streak on the line, is this the match that we see him, uh, you know, come in? I don't know. I don't think this is that type of match for him. But, um, you know, I think he could spell one of the guys later on uh, or come on and, you know, have a three center back look. So it very well could uh, where, you know, he does get a run out. Now, in terms of the uh, the midfield, I think uh, there's only two guys that are- If one's being left behind, yeah. there's only two to pick from. Exactly. And uh, I think that, I think kind of has some, uh, you know, bearing on who might be the backup for all of that. Uh, but I think it's Larry and uh, Rometty in the middle. And, you know, you're going to have to rely on Rometty to kind of do a little bit of what uh, Nagby does. But I think it's a little bit easier when you have a team that's probably going to sit back a little bit more. And that's what I think uh, the uh, attacking midfielders are. It's going to be super important for them to be able to uh, not only keep possession, but uh, create from those positions. And so getting into that... Uh, for me, I think it's going to be, since uh, Tito, PT, and Gressel were rested, I think Gressel... Or subbed. It, yeah, or subbed. Yeah, sorry. Were subbed last match. And so I think Gressel is going to be rested uh, for this because he's the other viable central midfielder that has experience. Uh, and, you know, he might come on later to spell one of those guys. And so that makes that uh, attacking triumvirate, at least in midfield, I think Tito on the right... PT in the middle, of course, because I think you you need this type of guy that can uh, hold on to possession and create and you know just do everything that PT does. Uh, and I think this is where it's interesting. It could be a Pereira or a Miram. I think uh, Pereira has shown uh, you know and you know uh, trained with the team a lot more. So I think I favor a Pereira in this instance, and maybe Miram kind of subs in from uh, in the second half. But uh, those are that's my attacking driver. 
For me, I have Gressel on the right just because I think his fitness and his work rate is pretty good and he'll still be there. And I think that you can sub him off later in the match to bring on a Pereira, mm -hmm. or you can even drop him into the midfield if you need to take off a Rometty. Mm -hmm. But for me, his, his work rate and his fitness seem to be pretty high, so I could see him starting on the right. I agree with you, PT in the middle. And then I have Justin Miram on the left. He is more experienced in MLS. He's, from what we've been told, comfortable in this sort of system, although he hasn't trained a lot with the team. He looked decent in the few minutes he was on mm -hmm. against Orlando, although very, very, small, very yeah. small sample size. But I think that this could be a game where you want to go with that experience. And if you feel comfortable with Justin Miram and his ability, then I would have him playing over a Dion Pereira only because of that experience mm -hmm. in Major League Soccer. So I have Miram on the left there, and I think Pereira will play in this game, and I think he will come off the bench at some yeah. point in time for someone yeah. in that midfield three. And then getting the forward, I think they both agree that it's yeah, Joseph, it's although Joseph. I'd like to see him subbed off if possible yes. in this game. Yeah, uh, yeah, maybe like a 60-minute uh, sub, probably not so early because Frank board probably doesn't usually do that, so, but, I mean, for me and my likeness of uh, what he would want to do, yes, that would, that would be that. But uh, on the bench, uh, I think uh, seeing the likes of uh, John Gallagher travel, I think he's going to be uh, maybe that... Uh, you know, that substitute maybe for Escobar if, uh, you know, something, uh, God forbid, um, you know, if something happens to him. Or if you need to play a back three and Escobar's playing as a center back, yeah. you can put him as a right wing back. So. Exactly. You get options there. Uh, you also have Carlton made the trip as well. Uh, and uh, I think Williams also, uh, Romario Williams, is probably going to uh, kind of maybe feature because if Joseph comes off, you know, it's either Tito or Romario, right? So anyway, uh, so to get to that score prediction, what do you think? Well, to get, before we get into the score prediction, mm -hmm. drop you the odds real quickly. Atlanta mm -hmm. to win are 11 to 10 or 47.62% chance. The draw is 13 to five, which is 27.78% chance. And for uh, Vancouver to win, it is at 11 to five, which is a 31.25% chance. Those uh. odds are via bet three, six, five. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, getting in my prediction for me, I'm going to say 2-0 Atlanta United. I think that they're a better team. I think that even with a bit of rotation, they have more than enough talent on the attacking end, and they've been solid enough defensively. My only question would be how the middle of the park will cope with some yeah. of this running around. But if Vancouver sit deep, I think that Jeff Lorenowitz will be able to control the game. Mm -hmm. I think he will see Rometty subbed off at some point in time, but I still think they're much better than Vancouver. They've got a good run going so far. 2-0 uh -huh. against a team that struggles to score. Mm -hmm. Five wins in a row, five clean sheets in a row, onto New York Red Bull. Yeah, okay. Um, I, I hope it's a 2-0. I think it's going to be a little bit more of a trap game than I want it to be. And so uh, I'm going to go against the odds, and I'm going to say it's a 1-1 draw. Um, at least it's not the alternative, which this looks like it could be. It could be like a nil-nil draw, which is oh, a slog. Especially and... if it's a 10 o'clock game and it's not over by, it's over by midnight exactly. and everyone wants to sleep if you haven't been put asleep already by nil-nil <laughs> football. <laughs> and so I hope it's definitely not at all. I hope, uh, you know, there are goals in this. And uh, so, yeah, at least a 1-1. At least that makes us undefeated in our last five. Not the most convincing, of course, then, but... Uh, I think it's really about surviving this week for the five straps. And that's it for us today. Remember to subscribe to us if you haven't already. Share this episode and leave us a review and rating so we can pop up higher in your rankings. For Tanner, I'm AJ. Thanks so much for listening. Yeah.